0: Welcome to Female Empowered, a podcast for female fitness and wellness professionals and business owners looking for real talk about the ins and outs of our industry. I'm Krista Gurka, an accidental entrepreneur turned CEO of a multi-million dollar health and wellness business. In this podcast, I'll be sharing expert insights and having real conversations about what it means to show up, thrive, and of course, get paid. We'll talk about what works, what doesn't, and what really happens behind the scenes of a client-based business. Also, you can take away advice and actionable steps that help you become a more successful and confident business owner on your own terms. So let's dive in. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Female Empowered. I'm once again, your host, Krista Gurka. And... At the time of this recording, um, I believe this is going to come out in October, it's the end of September right now, but I am on one of my CEO retreats. At the beginning of this year, um, I decided that I was going to commit to myself to four times a year, go on what I call a CEO retreat, which is basically I go somewhere, so far they've just been driving, obviously because of COVID and whatnot. Um, and I take about two, three days and I drive somewhere and I rent an Airbnb and I take the time basically to work on my business for so long. I get really overwhelmed sometimes with the amount of things that go on behind the scenes in the business. And even though I'm seeing less clients per day, I really am getting to the, you know, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes of two studio locations. We have an online platform now. We have live streaming. We have a teacher training program. I'm promoting um, this podcast and the additional business consulting and mentorship revenue streams of the business, which I'm absolutely loving. But I do it to myself when I overcommit and I get too many things on my schedule. And then I'm just... The way that I handle that is I just get really, really stressed and overwhelmed. And so I posted something on Instagram the other day that said, you have the business you're willing to put up with. And I realized I do that to myself. I create that system. And so what I'm going to do is four times a year, either at the very end or the very beginning of a quarter, I'm going to go away and take a set, again, two to three days to just work on the business, catch up on podcast episodes, which I'm doing right now, um, plan, strategize, etc. And so right now, I am on one of those, and I'm going to be recording a few different podcast episodes, and I am going to be working on some upcoming copy for a launch that I'm going to be doing, and a little bit more. So I'm really excited, and I'd love it. Do you guys, does anyone that's listening, have you heard of CEO Retreats? Do you do things like this? I'd love for you to DM me over on Instagram. Let me know if you do or not. So today, what we are going to talk about is metrics. People call them KPIs. Measurables are a little different, but those terms get interchanged quite a lot. Metrics, measurables, KPIs, numbers, analytics. There's a plethora of names that it gets called in our business. There is a quote that I believe is um, from Peter Drucker that says, what gets measured gets improved. But I actually did a little digging. And I think the actual quote, what he actually says was, what gets measured gets gets managed. So if we're not measuring things in our business, then we don't know really where to go. We don't know how to look at things and tell us if they're working, if they're not working. And then if we're going to make decisions, what kind of business decisions should we be making based on the numbers? Because the numbers don't lie. Now, let me preface this by saying If you're not in a place where you want to grow your business more than yourself, or maybe yourself and an independent contractor, if you're not in a place where you want to grow and you're happy seeing your clients, you're you're not looking to get new clients in, you're really happy you have a waiting list of people and you don't measure anything, and you're happy and content and not feeling stressed out in your work, and you're not feeling tied to the business in any way or that you don't have a structure system, then by all means, keep doing. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. However, if you are in a business where you're feeling like, I want to generate more revenue, or I need to get more people in the door, or I need to cut my hours, I'm seeing too many people. And how do I say no to them? And how do I hire? And where can I adjust my pricing? so that I can remain profitable, keep making the same amount of money, but maybe work less. If you want to do those things in your business, then we should be measuring it. Okay. The same way that we look at our clients or patients, if we're not measuring, how are they getting stronger? Are they lifting more weight? Are they able to touch their toes? Is their back pain going away? If we're not measuring that, how do we know what's working? So it's just the same thing in the business, okay? If you're measuring things, if you're seeing where you can improve, where you can fine tune, where you can systemize, where you can automate, then things will be able to get managed better and they'll be able to get improved, all right? Um, So what we're going to talk about now is the metrics that I measure in our business what they tell us and why we t- decided to go with these metrics because you could really get down to the nitty gritty and the minutia of so many things and then what is it really telling you in your business sometimes yeah you're tracking all these things but you have no idea what they mean so what we like to say is if i were on a, de- a desert island or if you as your business owner were on a desert island And someone was calling in to report to you every week, metrics in your business, which ones would you want to get reported to you that will tell you, give you a clear snapshot on what's happening in your business? If you're having a good week, a bad week, or if you're at, um, not a plateau, but if you're at even. All right. So we track, we put all of our metrics into a scorecard and we track it week over week, month over month quarter over quarter, and then year over year. There's three main, I guess, kind of silos or categories that we are looking at in our business. One is growth. Are we growing? Are we at capacity? Do we have capacity to grow? Remember, sometimes if you grow and you don't have the infrastructure in place to withstand that growth, you will literally break your business. Okay. So the next thing is operations. That's the day-to-day running of your business. So how good is your product or service? And then the last one is finances. Most people get weary of finances, but if you're not tracking your finances, how do you even know if you're making money? There are plenty, hundreds of thousands of businesses out there that generate Even they say $100,000 a year, $500,000 a year, a million dollars a year, $10 million a year, and are still not profitable because they're spending $15 million a year. Or they're bringing in $500,000 in revenue, but they're spending $700,000 in revenue. So just because you're bringing a ton in doesn't mean that you're profitable. So it's important to track your finances. The other thing with your finances that's important to track are... Um, whether you have cash flow in the business, because the number one reason small businesses go out of business, and we saw a lot of this during the pandemic, was people just don't have cash flow. And cash flow just means you don't have money in the bank. You can still be profitable, but if you don't have money in the bank, you will not be able to go on, especially in a time when something major comes down that closes down businesses for four, five, six, 12 months at a time. Okay, so now let's move into the metrics that we actually track in each of those categories. So in the growth category, what we track is active clients and new clients. Now, new clients for most people, I would say makes sense. New clients means you're growing. How many new clients are you getting into the studio clinic gym every week, every month, every quarter? there, you probably started your business because you knew there was a better way to help people feel better, move better and get stronger. Am I right? And now that your business is up and running, you recognize there might be some additional things you need to educate yourself on so you're able to do the things you love. I'm inviting you to a free live video training entitled Pricing, Profit, and Process, where we'll go over all the things that new business owners should learn in order to keep their businesses up and running in a profitable and sustainable way. The live video training will take place October 18th and 19th, 2021, and you can visit my website, kristagurka.com p key masterclass for more information and to reserve your spot today. What the new clients is telling you is how good is your marketing strategy? Now your marketing strategy by the way could be word of mouth. That's a marketing strategy. Maybe you're using Facebook ads, maybe you're doing really good, you're updating your SEO on your your search engine optimization on your website email marketing, social media, all of that is marketing. So how good is your marketing that you're getting new people in the door, okay? Now, some people always ask, well, what does active clients tell you? That's not telling you if you're growing or not. Well, yes, it tells us. So if our active clients are going up every month, that means that we're able to convert clients, new clients into active clients. The other thing that you wanna track is because there's always gonna be some attrition. Attrition means that people leave they move away, they don't come back after COVID, they get hurt, they get pregnant, they can't afford it. There's a number of reasons why there's attrition. And I will tell you, companies and businesses that have a full schedule, it's really, really easy to miss the attrition in your business because your new clients are always filling in those spaces, but you don't realize that attrition. And what we're going to talk about, I believe it's the next episode, the next, um, yeah, the one that's going to air next is your retention strategy, because it is seven times. I mean, depending on what you read seven to 10 times more expensive to constantly be getting new clients in the door. So if new clients are only replacing clients that are leaving, then you're actually not growing. What you're doing is you're just staying stable. So it is important to track from time to time attrition rates and how many people or churn rates. If you have a membership, it means how many people are opting out. Good. Okay. So now the next metric we follow is we do in our operations category. So we follow what we call utilization rate. So utilization rate is how much of your schedule is utilized. So, and we look at it into a percentage. So let's just take, for example, a group class model. If you have a hundred spots in group classes on your schedule every week, and 60 of them are full, you're running at a 60% utilization rate. Same goes for an appointment-based model. If you have 20, 100 available spots, let's just do that way because it's easier for the math, 100 available spots on your schedule each week and 60 of them are taken, you are operating at a 60% utilization rate. Our goal, at least for Pilates in the Grove, our goal is to operate at a 75% or higher utilization rate. And we combine our utilization rate between group classes and appointment-based on our schedule. And usually, um, it depends on the time of year, actually. Sometimes our group class utilization is lower and our one-on-one utilization is higher, and sometimes it's the other way around. Currently, Pilates in the Grove, we're operating at about a 68, 69% utilization rate. And we also track that separately within each studio. So you can also see if you have multiple locations or if you have multiple staff members, who's the most utilized and which studio is the most utilized. So you know, like, is one studio carrying the other studio or is one clinic carrying the other clinic? Or is one staff member really great and another one needs a little bit of coaching? So utilization rate is a great metric to follow because it just tells you how much capacity you have for growth. Because if you are at like a 90% utilization rate, I wouldn't be doing, we don't do a ton of marketing when we're at a 90% utilization rate because we don't have the capacity to fill it. But what we also look at, once we go over 80% utilization rate, we really look, do we need to hire? Do we need to offer more services? And in our business model, the time for money model, the problem is there's a capacity issue as far as like there's only so many hours in a day and there's only so many days in the week and there's only so much room in the studio. And this is where things like, oh, maybe doing telehealth or maybe doing live streaming classes or maybe doing an on-demand platform to be able to improve revenue without once you reach capacity, like in studio, in person. So that's utilization rate. Then the next metric we track in the operations category is new client conversion rate. So what we take is how many new clients come in and then how many of those new clients convert into active clients and into longer term memberships. Now, every business usually takes that conversion looks at that conversion from a different way. Some is just like, do they go from an intro offer or do they just buy a second offer? Even if it's a single session at Pilates in the Grove, what we do is we don't look as if they just buy single sessions. We look if they purchase into, if they upgrade into a membership or a group class package, that's 10 or more sessions. And then we've found that once they Transition from that first group class package or membership into that second sale. That's when our um, return and customer retention rate bumps up to like ninety percent. So we have found in tracking this data for a long time, we look. We want to have a thirty percent new client retention conversion rate. So from new clients to first-time buyers. 30% 30% retention. And then from first time buyers to second time buyers, we see that our retention rate goes up to about 80 to 90%. Now, what does new client conversion rate tell you? Okay, it tells you that your sales system is working or broken and that your product is good or broken. Your utilization rate also tells you the same thing. Is your sales system good or broken? And is your product, the service or product that you're actually selling, is it good or is it broken? Because if you get a lot of people that are coming in, let's talk about this for example. So these are where you look at your numbers and you get the story of what your numbers are telling you. So let's say your new clients are great. You get like 50 new clients a week, if you can support that or 50 new clients a month. And if you're looking at a 30% conversion rate, let's say that that means you get 50 and you want um, a 30% conversion rate, doing the math in my head, that's 15, one, five new clients every month convert into a different package. Okay. Now, if you see out of those 50, that what's really happening is only three are converting, then you have to look at a couple things. Number one, is your marketing strategy broken? Because are you attracting the wrong kind of clients to your business? Let me give you an example of of what that looks like. At Pilates in the Grove, we are really a mindful movement. Very, We're not classical Pilates, but we're very true to the method. We would consider ourselves contemporary, but we are true to the method. We are not a Legree Studio, um, Megaformer, and there's nothing wrong with them. I have a lot of amazing friends that are Legree Studios, but that's just not our business model. So we don't have, you know, dark rooms, and we don't use the Megaformers, and we're not pumping big music. There's nothing at all wrong with that business model. It's just not ours. So if we're attracting people that align more with that type of business model, they're not going to stay. Okay. So we have to make sure that we're looking at our marketing strategy. Are we attracting the right kind of clients? So that's number one. Number two, if we see that our new client conversion rate is not up to that 30% that we're, that our goal is, the next thing we look at is, is our product good? So when they come into the studio, if they are the right types of clients and buyers, are we giving them a good product? What does that mean? The front desk person greeted them properly. The instructor paid attention to them, taught a good class, spoke to them after class. And we have a whole slew of policies and procedures that we go through with our staff to show them this is what the expectation is. And this is what the experience that we want our customers to have. So we're looking at is the product that we're putting out there really good. The third thing we look at is what does our sales process look like? Are we so if we're getting the right type of customers coming in, we're providing them an amazing intro session or great class, and they're still not closing, maybe it's the sales. Maybe the person that's in charge of your sales system is not really delivering and relaying what the value is to get those people to buy into a longer-term package. So there's that's, again, you have to look at all three factors to determine what's working or what's not working. Now, the last category is finance. And what we look at in our finance metrics are, we look at revenue. So we look at money coming in. And we divide that up into based on services. So we look at what's coming in with physical therapy, what's coming in with group class, what's coming in with private one-on-one. And then we also look at our on-demand revenue streams and our live streaming, et cetera. Then we look at what our gross margin is. So our gross margin is, it's basically... You see it written as COGS, C-O-G-S. And basically what that stands for is cost of goods sold. In a service-based industry, it's not as black and white, but you can still get to that number. But let's just say if you took a product, right? If you're a product-based business, and let's say, for example, my uh, very, very dear friend of mine, shout out to Chic Parisian, is an amazing bridal store. If you're getting married, check them out. Okay. Um, they have wedding dresses, right? So they're selling a product. The cost of goods sold would be if they have a wedding dress for $1,000, they, they have it at retail at wholesale for $1,000 and they sell it for $3,000. Okay. The margin is $2,000, right? So basically you take what you sold it for minus what it costs to make or buy and that's where you have your gross margin. Now in a studio-based or a, group, cl- a group, uh, group class business model, what you look at is what you're paying in your, so basically what you bring in is how much money you made during that class minus what you paid your instructor to deliver that class. That's gonna be your gross margin. Or if you have an appointment-based, If you charge $100 to the client and you pay your instructor 50, you have a 50% gross margin because you get to keep $50. We like to shoot for a gross margin of 65 to 70% or higher. Now, there are going to be certain services. For example, our one-on-one appointment-based services usually do not run at, they run at a little bit of a lower gross margin, but our group classes tend to run at a little bit of a higher gross margin. So it evens out in the end. And then what you look at is your net margin. So your net margin is when you factor in all those additional expenses. So in our studio, for example, in any type of studio, brick and mortar space, you have rent, you have your owner's salary. If you take an owner salary, you have your admin people, you have your computer software, you have your lights and utilities. So those are all additional expenses that are not factored in when you're looking at your gross margin to tell you what's truly left over when you take your revenue minus all your expenses. Now there's a lot of different kind of calculations of what's a, and I'm using air quotes, a good net margin. It really just depends on how you do your books. Does your salary as an owner come out of payroll? Do you pay yourself as an instructor? We have a whole podcast on that. I'm not going to get into it here. Um, But, you know, you want to have money left over. There should be profit in your company. That's not being greedy. That's not being selfish. That means that you have the money to continue your business. And by continuing your business, you can have more impact on the community and the people that you want. So there has to be some profit in the business. All right. So let me just recap again the metrics that we follow. So three categories, growth, operations, and finance. In the growth category, what we're looking at is active clients and new clients, In the operations category, what we're looking at is utilization rate and new client conversion rate. And some people also look at retention rate. Our retention rate, we don't look at it, we usually look at it quarter over quarter because it stays so consistent. We operate about an 88% returning customer conversion rate. I mean, sorry, retention rate. But you can look at retention rate. So if your retention rate is really low, like less than 50%, or less than 60% you got to work on like getting people back and check out the next episode because that's what we're going to talk about. And then in finance you want to look at money coming in and basically money going out which tells you how much you're going to have left in the bank, if you're making a profit or not because like I said, you could be bringing in $100,000 a year but if you're spending 120 or not, you're losing money. All right? You don't want to be in the red, you want to be in the black. So, I hope you really enjoyed this one. Metrics and tracking can get super, super, super overwhelming. I know it did. It was for me forever. And I was like, once I did start tracking, I didn't even know what the hell those numbers meant. So then I was like, well, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, I don't even know what this is telling me. So I hope you got a little bit of clarity from this. If you're interested in learning how to put together a scorecard and stuff, we do have an upcoming masterclass on profits and process. Um, you can check out my website, kristagurka.com and, or DM me over on Instagram. I'm happy to answer any questions. I love talking business with people. And I think that's it for now. Check Think about doing CEO retreats. I love it. I'm going to be here. I'm going to record it, be recording a few more podcasts from here. And Duncan is here with me, my little pup, puppety pup. And that's it for now. Take care, everyone. Bye for now. I'll catch you on the next episode. Hey there, before you go, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Female Empowered. If you like what we covered today, I'd love to ask you for a small favor and take two minutes to subscribe, download, and even leave an honest review of the show. This helps other female fitness and wellness professionals find the podcast and really lets me know I'm sharing helpful information with all of you. If you want to get even more insights and find resources to help you market, streamline, and grow your service-based business, visit my website at kristagurka.com or even better, shoot me a DM over on Instagram at kristagurka. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-A-G-U-R-K-A. Until next time, ladies, be brave, think big, and take action. Bye for now.